All right, all right, good morning, good to see some of the familiar faces, guys coming back from holiday, students filling up the chairs, it's good to, good to see all of you. Uh, I, hope, I hope by the end of this lesson today, um, yeah, we might have something to go into the week with that's, that's positive and that might, might lift, our, lift our spirits up a little bit. So for that to happen, I was a straight betwixt two. I'm going to start off with a joke. It's not a long joke. I think it's funny. Some of you might be grossed out about it, but anyway. An old woman took a taxi, and every now and then she gives the taxi driver some omens. The taxi driver was really thankful and wanted to compliment her. So he said, you took good care of your teeth to be able to eat almonds at this age. The old woman replied, oh no, they're all gone. I'm just eating a Mars bar. I lick off the chocolates and I give you the almonds. Uh, so, <laughs> so with that in mind, with that in mind, take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 100. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a gross thought. Psalm 100. Psalm 100, a pretty short psalm. The author of the psalm is, is um, from what I read, is pretty unclear. Some people said Moses wrote um, Psalm 90 to 100, so it might be him. But nonetheless, a pretty, pretty great psalm. So Psalm 100, and let's read all five verses. Verse number one. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is God, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. So if I can ask you guys maybe a question... How fast can you make a list of five things that you can complain about right now? Pretty fast, eh? Like, like that, you can do that. Let's flip that question around. How quick can you make a list of things you can be grateful for? Probably take you a little bit longer. There might be more things you can be grateful for than you can complain about, but nonetheless, our nature is of such a sort that we much easier complain about some things that we will be grateful for them. And these five verses the author wrote, and through all of them, he's just grateful. He's thankful for God. He's thankful for what God has done in his life. He's thankful for who God is and what God lets him, uh, uh, allows him to do. And hopefully by, by, by the end of this the sermon, these five verses would mean as much to you as it did to me I've been taught in Bible school that a sermon needs to speak to you before you can preach to somebody else. And it felt like I was in a boxing ring with this five verses, because I stepped out of the ring blue and bruised, and I was a little bit sore after this, of, of, of these small truths that they came to light. I want to start off with a, with a story about two friends. I'm going to read it to you guys. Two old friends met each other on the street one day. One looked lonely, almost on the verge of tears. His friend asked, What's wrong with, uh, uh, what has the world done to you, my old friend? The sad fellow said, Let me tell you. Three weeks ago, my uncle died and he left me $40,000. 
That's a lot of money. But you see, two weeks ago, a cousin I have never knew died. He left me $85,000, free and clear. Sounds to me like you've been very blessed. You don't understand, he interrupted. Last week, my great aunt passed away. I inherited almost a quarter of a million from her. Now, that man, uh, the man's friend was really confused. Then why do you look so glum? This week, nothing. <laughs> but you see, that's exactly how we look at life. The problem with this is, the moment we start receiving something on a regular basis, we get entitled to that. And we feel, well, well I deserve this. After week one, after week two, after week three of God's goodness, something, he, le he, he left something out. Whoa, whoa, God, whoa, I deserve this. Why haven't you given this to me? And maybe on a smaller scale, this is what ha what's happening to us. God gives us a job, money, a family, a Bible, a church. And at some point, some, something of that nature gets drawn out and taken away from us. And we say, God, but how dare you take away what is mine? What is mine? The title of my sermon this morning is Having an Attitude of Gratitude. Having an Attitude of Gratitude. And as we start off 2020, being quite late into January, I think if we take this perspective and apply it just to the month of January, we will end this month off better than when we started. And if we take that and apply it to the beginning of February, we'll end off February better than when we started. And so on, if we continue through that, next year coming this time, we'll be grateful. That'll be part of our nature. But we need to apply that now. Before we read or start off with Psalm 100, let's just have a word of prayer. God, as we approach your throne this morning, Lord, we, we thank you for the, for the time that we, we could have had in church so far, Lord. The blessed time, getting to see people, getting to, to spend time with with your children, God. And Father, as we, we step into another time where we, we're able to, to hear from you, God, I ask that you would, you would take me out of the way, Lord, and, and show these people your goodness, Lord, your greatness, Lord, and, and what, what you should mean to them. God, please open up our eyes and show us, Father, all the blessings and, Lord, the, the countless blessings you have bestowed upon us, Lord. And and so many stuff we can be grateful for, Lord. Please, please, God, speak to us. Don't leave us to ourselves. And might these, these five verses in Psalm really open to us a new world, Father, of gratefulness. I do ask this and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Reading the first verse in Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. I don't know how many of you know this guy, Francis Shafir. He wasn't uh, uh, known to me. But he said, The beginning of a man's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful heart. The lack of a thankful heart. The moment you stop saying thanks, the moment you stop being grateful for things, you start to, to uh, uh, be entitled to those things. You think you, you deserve them. You earn those. That's where the rebellion starts against the, the Word of God and against God itself. The psalmist says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, 
all ye land, maybe the first question that I can ask you this morning is, what type of a noise are you making? Everybody makes noise. I'm, I'm talking about the noise that just comes out of your mouth when you speak. All right? What type of noise do you make in church? What type of noise do you make in your own home? What type of noise do you make out there in society? It is, is it a joyful noise? Is it a joyful noise to the world? Or is it a joyful noise to God? Are you making a joyful noise unto the Lord? What's the motive behind this noise? The, 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 the phrase noise there can be translated, translated as, as an alarming noise or a, or a joyful and uh, exciting noise that ones make. But what would be the motive behind this? All right, I need to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, but why? Why? We just heard in the previous sermon, Garrett t- told us to study to shut up, study to keep quiet. Study to be at peace. Now the psalmist says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Why? Why do we need to, de- to do this? You see, it should not be a job to exclaim your gratitude to God. It should not be a job. He says, just, just do it. Just make a joyful noise because you're thankful, because you're grateful. Maybe just start there. You don't need to go out and do anything. Just exclaim your gratitude to God. Just say to your friend, you know what, I'm, I'm really grateful that God woke me up this morning. I'm really grateful for the position I am in currently, whatever that may be. I'm really grateful to be in church this morning. I'm really grateful. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The latter part of that verse, all ye lands. And that kind of intrigued me as to what, make a joyful noise, all, all the lands, all ye lands. How, how are all the lands? There's... On the earth that we're living in, not everybody knows the Bible, the Gospel, or Jesus, right? Not everybody. So how can he make makes that statement? All ye lands. Well, we have a verse there in Mark uh, 16 and 15 that tells us to go out into the world and preach the Gospel to every creature, correct? Combining that with Romans 10 and verse 14, how shall they hear except somebody tells them? How shall they heal, hear except somebody preaches to them. Now, if we take that preaching, 95% of you said, well, that's not me. I'm not a preacher, so it's not me. Just exclaiming the good news. How shall these, all these lands hear if you don't go, go out and make a joyful noise unto the Lord? Be, by being grateful and saying, Lord, you know what? You've done a lot in my life. I'm not exactly sure how to tell everybody and anybody about this. I'm just going to make a grateful noise and a joyful noise unto the Lord. In verse 2 there, Psalm 100 and verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. You see, throughout all this psalm, there's expressions, uh, happy expressions, if I can put it that way. Make a joyful noise, be glad, be singing, uh, uh, be thankful. All of these are expressions of happiness, expressions of praise. The psalmist says, serves the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. You see, that's an expression. What type of expression are you giving out? Is it a happy expression? Is it a sad expression? Is it a depressed expression? But are you serving the Lord with gladness? With what type of expression 
are you serving the Lord? Are you glad about what the Lord gave you? Are you coming before His presence this morning with singing? With, with not just singing, but glad singing. Thankful th- singing. Saying, Lord, everything to You. Everything to You, Lord. I'm serving You with gladness. As I started off this, this, this sermon with, we have so much to complain about in life. We have so much to complain about, and I say us because me too. There, it's so easy for me to make a list of things I can complain about. It's so, so easy. But the moment I stopped and I start thinking, but what has God done in my life? Just God. All the things He gave me. I needed to move many other stuff out of the entitlement box and put them into the gift box. Into the, I don't deserve this, but God gave it to me. And with that in mind, you can come to church and say, Lord, well, I don't deserve any of this. Seeing and putting what you've given me into the correct perspective makes me glad to serve you. I can come before you not just with singing of, How great thou art, heaven through the woods. But I can come with you with real singing. Yeah, that was bad, all right? You guys can laugh. <laughs> but I can come in front of you with real singing, with praises to you. Say, Lord, this is awesome. Not just can I come in, to, to, in church with sing to you, but I can sing with other people that love you and care for you and care for me. But am I glad about this? Guys, gladness in this world starts with the right attitude. It starts with you being actively involved and searching for places and situations to be grateful for. Our natural tendency is to moan. Right? Now again, don't take this too far. If the house is burning down, just I'm so grateful for the heat. No, no, the house is burning down. Do something about it. But we need to put that gratefulness into its right perspective. Yes, life is tough. And there's stuff that we can can moan about and can complain about. But put them in the right perspective. Maybe just do a recon of the last week. Say, Lord, what have I complained about? And Lord, what can I be grateful for? Really grateful for. Basic stuff in life. I'm not telling you to go dig deep. Maybe just walk out of church and... For this afternoon, think about what you can be grateful for, actually, in this life. Can you come before the Lord and can you serve Him with gladness? Can you serve Him with gladness? There are seven scientifically proven benefits of somebody having an attitude of gratitude. Scientifically proven. I'm just going to list them off here. They say you'll have better relationships because you're not always going to look so glum. People's actually going to like you. Physical health, I can just imagine. It enhances empathy towards other people and it reduces anger. Pretty impressive. There's psychological benefits to this. The the mental side of you might be a little bit more healthy. Some of you might need it. You'll have better sleep when you're grateful. Your self-esteem will improve. And lastly... You'll get ment- uh, mentally, you will get strong. So if you don't want to do it for God, I don't know, there's some medical reasons if you want to, want, want to pursue this. 
But being grateful, being grateful for God, being grateful to God, and come before His presence with gladness. Verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. That was pretty funny to me when I read this, because it, the author kind of sounds sarcastically there in the, in the second uh, part of that verse. Know ye not that the Lord, He is God. All right? It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Correct? Yes, I understand that, but why point that out? It's pretty logical. But you see, the moment we start neglecting gratitude, neglecting thankfulness, we get into a mindset driven by pride, that I deserve this. It's greed, it's idolatry, and in the end, it's a loss of hope. But the moment you are in that prideful state, where you idolizes the money and the popularity and all of that, and you, you get greedy, you kind of forget that verse, that it's God that made you. Because those things puff you up to a certain point where you say, well, this is me. I, I, I built this empire. I built this kingdom. This is mine. And I, I, I made this. And he kind of came, uh, the psalmist comes back and he says, you know what? Whoa, whoa. God hath made you. He made you. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. You know, it's a good reminder, this latter part here. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. You know where else in the Bible I read of sheep and of pastures? In the book of John. And you know what, the, what, what John says about that? You don't need to turn there, but in John 10 and verse 3, he said, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth to his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Guys, can you come into God's courts this morning and follow that? Can you hear his voice? When he's calling and saying, come this way, can you follow Him? Can you follow Him through those gates there? I can just imagine, imagine how those courts look. That's speaking about in verse 4, when you enter in through those gates. I can just imagine. But for that to happen, we need to hear the voice of God. And for that to happen, we need to be grateful that God gave us the ability to hear the voice of God. You see how this backtracks. And if any part of this puzzle falls out, the picture is not complete. The link cannot be completed. Let me put it to you this way. The psalmist says here, you're not your, you're not your own, all right? I read there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 that says you're bought with a price, correct? So you're not your own. If you're saved this morning, you are not your own. If somebody comes into your house, your area of residence, all right, without permission, comes in, eats your food, use your money, drives your car, criticizes your family, shifts around your home because they don't like how it is placed, complains, about how, uh, complains and moans about how you do things, never say thanks for anything, and then con constantly criticizes your decisions. How would that make you feel? Pretty angry, pretty frustrated, pretty much in the lines of, get out of my house, you're not welcome anymore. All right? Isn't that what God... It sits up with us most of the time. 
We are bought with a price. We're not our own. How many, time do, uh, uh, how many times do you go about in life asking God if He allows you to do certain stuff? Because this is not yours. It is His. And again, what I'm saying here is, how many times have you gone around criticizing people without praying for them? How many times have you gone around in church and said, you know what, I just don't like this, I hate that. Maybe it's something that God put into place there. How many times have you thrown a party, I'm saying in the house of God, wherever that is, in your own body, physical body, that it's not yours? How many times we complain and moans about how God does things? And on the contrary, how many times have we been grateful? How many times have we said, you know what, Lord, this is yours? I'm grateful that you've given me the health to stand, to walk, to talk, to eat, to function in life. God, I am grateful. I'm grateful, Lord, and I know that I am His. And I can walk around in these green pastures and I can enjoy them. I can enjoy them. Verse 4 says there, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. Thankful, thankful, thankful. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. How many of you are going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ one day and when you walk through those gates, you're going to say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. How many of you are going to walk around in those, how many, you know, into eternity and just maybe when you pass by the throne, stop and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I hope when that time comes, it will not be your first when you have an attitude of gratitude. Take your Bibles, keep your, uh, your place in Psalm 100 and go to Psalm 78. A couple of pages to the left. Psalm 78. We have so much to be grateful and thankful for. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Verse 38 and 39. So maybe just to give you guys a little bit of context here. Psalm 78 talks about how Israel neglected God, even though God gave them all of these blessings, how He gave food to them, how He, how he made sure that they had a place to stay and, and a place to sleep, and he, he cared for them, He kept them safe, and how Israel constantly re, uh, rejected God and, and, and moaned about the manna from falling, falling from heaven and all of that. What's pretty interesting here is, is what we read in verse 38 and 39. After all of Israel did and how they complained, but He, God, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Many a time turned His anger away and did not stir up all His wrath. For He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away, passes away and cometh not again. I don't know. I don't know how many times God has kept His anger from my life and from, 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 from how I have uh, desperately, desperately, desperately um, transgressed stuff that He asked me to do. How many times have I complained and moaned about all the goodness that I don't even deserve? And He's saying here, He's full of compassion. He forgave their iniquity. He didn't destroy them. He turned away his anger because he remembered that they were 
flesh. If we put ourselves into that perspective, a wind that passes away, wow, do we have a lot to be grateful for. It is 100% God's greatness that I can stand here, or God's grace that I can stand here this morning, that I woke up this morning. By the snap of a finger, I can be dead. Honestly, it's that quick. I can lose everything. And even though, even though that perspective might sometimes slip your mind, God is still full of compassion. And if anything else fails, we can turn back to this and say, God, well, I've been in Psalm 78, 1 to 37, and I have transgressed your law and I've failed your faith. But Lord, I'm grateful for this. How, how compassionate you are. How you forgave my iniquity and how you turned away this anger. You see, instead of us being humbly grateful, so many times we are grumbly hateful. And if we take that perspective, just flip the words around, we can come to the point where we are humbly grateful. And at that point, God can do so, so much in your heart. Because going along with humility is a soft heart. A heart that's moldable. A heart that gets back to the basics and look at what he or she got and says, Lord, this is not me. Lord, this is you. I am eternally grateful that you bestowed this mercy and this grace on me. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. And be thankful unto Him and bless His name. Last verse in that, in that chapter, verse 5. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endeareth to all generations. For the Lord is good. I read that and I thought, you know what? We've had some pretty big words being exclaimed or written in Psalm 1 to 100. Now we get to this great part. The Lord is what? Magnificent. There's so many big words we can use. And the psalmist says, the Lord is good. He's good. It's so, it's so blunt. It's so plain. The Lord is good. And I thought about that. I, what I think happened here is, is the psalmist is so overwhelmed. They say, you know what? The Lord is just good. Wow. He is just good. Is he? Is he really good? Is he really good? A lot of the times, I don't know what they call it, but I don't know, maybe it might be the know, theory of elimination. I don't know. I just made that up. But a lot of the times in life, when we view the negative, the positive shines brighter. When we, when we, when we have a, a dark room and we paint one wall white, it kind of stands, stands out more and it's, it's way brighter. Maybe if we, if we ask that question, is God good? Is He really? And we kind of eliminate the negative, of course He's good. The immense goodness that He has shown us will maybe shine brighter. Maybe. Maybe. For God is good and His mercy is everlasting. You see, He is good. What an understatement that's that, that, that one word puts to God. Maybe if you view God in that, in that sense, we can apply in verse 2. It says, Serves the Lord, Serve the Lord with gladness and come before His presence with 
singing. You see, this is the motivation to continue. Because God is good and His mercy is everlasting and, in truth endure, and His truth endures to all generations, this is the motive to continue. This is the motive to apply verse 2. This is the motive. I want to ask you this morning, take your attitude of gratitude and turn it to an action of appreciation. Take your attitude of gratitude and put some action to your appreciation. I'd like to end off here with a story just explaining this whole scenario. A rich, one, a rich man one, once asked his friend, Why am I criticized for being rich? Everyone knows I will leave everything to charity when I die. Well, said the friend, let me tell you about the pig who lamented to the cow one day about how un- unpopular he was. People are always talking about your uh, gentleness and your kind eyes, said the pig. Sure, you give milk and cream, but I give more. I give bacon and ham. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I give bacon and ham. They even pickle my feet. Still, nobody likes me. Why is this? The cow thought for a moment and replied, Maybe it's because I give while I'm still living. Maybe, I'm, uh, maybe it is because I give while I'm still living. Take your attitude of gratitude and turn it into an action of appreciation. Don't wait until you're no longer breathing to make a difference. And showing your gratitude to God and what He has done to you. Amen. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe give you guys just a moment to, to reflect on, on the Psalms and maybe just tell God how grateful you are to Him, what He's done. And maybe you haven't gotten to that point. Maybe you should start learning how to be grateful. I don't know. Another reason I, the psalmist might have only put five verses into this is because it's actually so simple. It is actually so simple. What God has given to you, use it thankfully. Make sure that He knows, God knows, and the people around you with every opportunity you get how grateful you are for the Lord. God, as we, as we enter into this new week, Father, we do ask that you would Help us, guide us. Lord, forgive us that we so many times neglect and ignore the greatness, Father, that we, we get to a point where we feel entitled to the blessings that, you, that you've gifted us with. God, I pray for everybody in this room that you would be with them, Lord. Change our hearts, Lord. Change our perspective. Lord, and help us to see you in the correct light. Help us to see these blessings, Father, that you've given us and you've bestowed upon us in the correct light that we are able to use it for you, God. Father, please give us an opportunity this week, Father, to to make a, a joyful noise unto you, for you, to you. God, and it's by your grace, Father, that we can stand here and be grateful. Please, 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 Lord, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.